Hey everyone, if you want to get a text message every time we put out a new episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast, all you have to do is go to your phone and text the word MSDPOD, that's all one word, MSDPOD, to 555-888. So text MSDPOD to 555-888 and we'll shoot you a text every time we put out a new episode. Good times. Shall we begin? From the intersection of social media, learning, and technology, it's the Mindset Digital Podcast. Here's Mindset Digital Creative Director Pete Brown. On the morning of November 28th, 2016, at the Ohio State University campus in Columbus, Ohio, at about 9.21 a.m., a gas alarm was reported at a campus building, and all the students had to evacuate the building and stand outside while firefighters investigated. At 9.52 a.m., a man who was later identified as OSU student Abdul Razak Ali Artan drove his car over the curb and into the crowd standing outside of Watts Hall. When the car stopped, he jumped out and stabbed several people with a butcher knife. At 9.53 a.m., one minute later, an OSU police officer shoots and kills Artan near the scene. Two minutes later, at 9.55 a.m., OSU issues its first Buckeye alert. This is an electronic notification to students that there's some danger on campus. One minute later, at 9.56 a.m., OSU issues an alert of an active shooter on campus. Students are advised to shelter in place, else run, hide, or fight. The student newspaper at Ohio State is called The Lantern, and its offices are just a few buildings away from where these events were taking place that morning. In those first confusing moments, social media began to light up as students posted tweets and periscopes as they sheltered in place in various campus buildings and rooms. Rumors were flying about. It was really difficult to know what exactly was going on. Journalists are trained for breaking news situations like this. They're trained to be the ones who will vet information and ensure that what they post is accurate. And on that morning, the student journalists of The Lantern, by all accounts, from their professors to the large newspapers across the state to journalism organizations, praised them for performing their duties this morning with precision and excellence. Now, the advisor for The Lantern, the director of student media, is a man called Spencer Hunt, who previously had a long career at several newspapers, most recently the Columbus Dispatch, where he was an award-winning reporter covering the science and environmental beat. And perhaps unbeknownst to many, he is also a very talented voiceover professional who lends his mellifluous pipes to many of our projects here at Mindset Digital. So it was recently following a VO session that I asked Spencer if he would mind spending a few minutes talking with me for our podcast about the attacks, about the role of social media when news breaks, and how he teaches breaking news to his student journalists. It was a fascinating 10 minutes that I'm happy to share with you today. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. So my guest now is Spencer Hunt, and Spencer is a former colleague of mine here at Mindset Digital. Prior to that, he was environmental reporter at the Columbus Dispatch, uh, whose work I was a big fan of, by the way. Oh, just thank so you. you know. And uh, currently a student advisor to The Lantern, which is the student-run newspaper at Ohio State University, mm -hmm. right? Right. So Spencer, 
Now, we know uh, November 28th, around 9.52 a.m., there was an attack on the campus at at Ohio State. And in this semester, you'd been working with your students on the coverage of breaking news. Right. So I was wondering if you could just, you know, characterize for me what you had been talking about with them in class and then how you saw it get put into action on that day. Okay. Well, it's kind of an evolution of things, really. Uh, Really how uh, newspapers are changing uh, and how the news is presented. People want to get the news right when when they need it, when they want it. Right. And so... uh, we reach out, we, we put a big emphasis on social media in our coverage, uh, not just uh, breaking news, but for events when we know our audience is really paying attention. Okay. And so the, the, uh, we really stress uh, reporting accurate information, mostly through Twitter, but mm-hmm. also through Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and other channels. Um, and what we're looking for is, is to basically grow our audience through each of these channels. Right. Um, when something like uh, when something like an attack happens or breaking news, uh, your audience is, is definitely paying attention right. and wanting to know what happens. They're not going to wait a couple of hours to see a story on a website. Right. So when we are, when we were looking at, when we all got these text alerts on campus, uh, basically that's when a news operation is at its most valuable. Okay. We were all told to shelter in place at these classrooms. Right. Right? So, so this text alert went out to the entire campus, mm-hmm. uh, said, Run, fight, hide. Run, fight, hide. Yeah. yeah. And it was at Watts Hall, which is actually pretty close to where the lantern is. About two or three blocks away. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay. And then, so what did you, how did your reporters respond? Well, um, <clears throat> what we were looking at, we, what we basically did was, you know, they went out to, to where it was. Sure. And so that's, a, that's kind of an opposite reaction that most people have, right. especially when you get a, re, a message that says run, hide, fight. Fight, <laughs> run, hide, fight. Right. Excuse me, and so. Um, but what we're stressing there is that in this in this moment where everybody's looking for information, they need it right now. Right, and so we need to primarily get this information out to them through social media. Right, the primary way was through Twitter. Sure, and so uh, uh, people were uh, afraid. Right, they were locked in their classrooms or offices, and they had no other outlet of information other right. than their phones. Right. So uh, that's how we communicate with them is through social media. And one of the things that we were teaching uh, and really put an emphasis on this semester is that when we're using social media, uh, oftentimes uh, news organizations get it wrong and mm-hmm. they will tweet out false information. Right. And so we put a huge emphasis on only sharing information that you yourself could see right. or that uh, an official gave you. Right. Okay. And then quote that official within the tweet. Right. And so um, when you when you're tweeting information out like this uh, and you're not sharing a rumor I heard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then the value of what you're doing on social media becomes much more um, apparent. Right. I guess you could say. Right. And so uh, we were gaining followers at a clip of about uh, five or ten followers, I think, every ten seconds. Yeah. When it would update. Yeah, we ended up gaining about five thousand Twitter followers yeah. that day. Yeah, so that was actually um, there was a lot of misinformation when this started to happen, right? Because there had been gunshots fired, mm-hmm. right, and people weren't sure was that an active shooter on campus, right? right. And so uh, people looking to your reporters for more reliable information versus sort of 
what else was happening in the Twitter sphere by people on campus just sort of tweeting out random things. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, what we learned from this and the value of this came from an event that happened the previous year where there was this anonymous threat of violence mm -hmm. that got posted online. And uh, the university put out uh, an alert like they did right. with uh, the attack. Um, but there really wasn't a lot of other information to go on. Sure. And so uh, in that in that vacuum, students were sharing rumors with each other. Right. Uh, one was that a person had been arrested on the Oval with a bag of guns. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And then we tweeted out basically, you know, information from the police that says, no, that's not true. None right. of this actually happened. Right. And so, you know, then the value of that got, you sure. know, uh, that got passed around, you know. So yeah. people are looking for reliable information right, right at the moment. That's right. when you did give it. So uh, I, I want to tell you how I found out that the situation was going on here. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I follow a lot of your reporters, the sports reporters I like. They're writing. But, <laughs> well, that's great. Right. But uh, somehow in my Twitter feed, someone was on Periscope who was locked into a room. Mm -hmm. Right. And they were just kind of doing a live stream of the people in the room. They'd go and kind of peek out the window. You couldn't really tell what was happening, but it kind of gave you this immediate window into what it was like for the people who are on campus there. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if um, you guys looked at live streams at all as a way to gather information or if you did any live streaming. Well, part of what we're doing during breaking news events is we're monitoring what people are saying yeah. you know, across social media, like the that anonymous threat of violence, right. which fortunately did not turn out to be uh, uh, nothing happened. Right. Um, but much of our reporting is basically spent looking at what people are sharing and, and evaluating um, the accuracy of it and, the right. value, you know, and, and, right. and whether it's worth sharing ourselves. Right. Yes. And so, you know, uh, more so, more so, I think the previous year with that threat of violence, we were doing that because it helped our reporting. Right. Uh, we were able to find the original person who tipped off uh, Ohio State about the threat right? Uh, because he was tweeting about it online. We were right. able to confirm it was him. Sure. Um, when we're following what people are saying about the event, you know, that happened, the attack on Monday, it's it's more or less to see, you know, we were looking for witnesses, right. people who saw it, and right. then we were reaching out through Twitter to talk to them, see if they would be willing to talk to us. Right, right. Very good. Well, I... Um, First of all, and thank, thanks just for your time today. I sure. appreciate that. But uh, I also know that uh, all the major news organizations were, were duly impressed with the student coverage by the Lantern, right? We'll put a link to the, the pointer story about how your team reacted. Oh, but that's great. I know thanks. when you're teaching breaking news, uh, you probably don't want this sort of event to happen, but that it happened, those kids are going to be entering the workforce with a type of experience that can't be really replicated any other way. Yeah, and what we really want to talk about is that nobody wants these kinds of things to happen, but um, when they do, your role as a reporter is to give people the information right. that they're really desperate to get. Right. And then you, you also tell them things that are true. Right. right. And so that experience is incredibly valuable. It's also very stressful to go through. Right. Um, and so I hope, you know, we don't have to go through something like that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great opportunity. Is there anything now that it's been, uh, I think it's about six weeks since this happened, kind of looking back that the kids are just processing now, you know, like, or any insights that they're gaining now with some time between themselves and that, that period of time when they were just locked in on the story? 
I, I think, you know, I think, I think they better know how to handle these situations yeah. uh, when you've gone through it once. Right. And so uh, that's probably the, the biggest takeaway. But the other thing that we're trying to talk about is how we follow up on this stuff. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of uh, open-ended, unanswered questions right. about the attacker's motives, uh, his, his, you know, if there's any link to an outside organization sure. that might have encouraged him to do this. Right. So all of that stuff then kind of proceeds at more of a at a more normal traditional journalism pace. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Spencer, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. I know we kind of sprung this on you last minute, but um, it, it was amazing work. I, you know, we certainly miss having you here at Mindset Digital, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really glad that you were there for those kids when this happened. The other thing I'm grateful for is that there was a lot of uh, um, kudos that came or uh, attention that came from outside news organizations. We, we got you know really nice write-ups in the Dispatch yeah. and the right. Cincinnati Inquirer yep. and, and Pointer, like you mentioned yeah. too. Yeah. So when other people recognize your work, that's rare. I don't have to tell yes, you for that's sure. Pretty rare. It is. It is a competitive business, and so right. compliments are be. Begrudgingly given. I know. And so that is nice. That is very nice for the students to have that kind of feedback. Yeah. Very good. All right, Spencer, thanks a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just let everybody know uh, if you do take Mindset Digital's online courses, Spencer is one of the main voices in them. And that's why I had him here in the studio today. All right. So, all right, good time. Now, Spencer, uh, any comment on the Buckeyes loss to Clemson? I have none. Nothing to say. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. My thanks to Spencer Hemp for his time and candor in our conversation. It was a bit of a departure for the Mindset Digital podcast, but in some ways, too, it's a bit like coming home because Dr. Deborah Jasper, one of our founders at Mindset Digital, also had a very long and very distinguished career at several Ohio newspapers, including the Dayton Daily News and the Cincinnati Inquirer. I grew up reading her stories. Then she, along with our other co-founder, Betsy Hubbard, founded the very first social media fellowship for journalists in the country at Ohio State University some years before they started Mindset Digital. And even I myself worked as a sports and political reporter for several different newspapers in the Central Texas area back in the 1990s. And I do think, and I've always thought, that although we don't always state it, many of the ways Mindset Digital chooses to communicate in today's digital world rest on the very solid foundation of print journalism. Thanks again to Spencer for his time. So next week, Mike Taylor returns to the podcast with another edition of Tool Time. Tool Time! take us home. The Mindset Digital Podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast-forward digital world. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? Send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown and Jessica James. Audio mixing was done by Jeff Geller at Allegro Media Design. Some music in today's show is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode. On behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Bria Schultz. Good times. Good times.
Oh, for sure.